Welcome to the Real Talk 238 podcast with your host, Denise Lee, an Associate Licensed Counselor and Nationally Board Certified Counselor in the state of Alabama under the supervision of Cotina Stroud. The Real Talk 238 podcast has real conversations concerning taboo topics, which people may find themselves struggling with that may not be discussed, especially in relation to the church. The purpose of the Real Talk 238 podcast is to bring awareness, hope, and encouragement. Having these conversations will shed light on the truth and break the lie of being the only one, being stuck, isolated, and alone because there is someone else who has gone through something similar. Topics discussed on the Real Talk 238 podcast are not a substitute nor does it replace professional medical, psychiatric, psychological, or mental health advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and is intended strictly for informational and educational purposes only. All right, let's get started. Are you a minister or the wife of a minister? Do you ever question what you would do if someone in your local congregation is feeling suicidal? Do you know what signs to look for if someone was feeling suicidal or had a history of trauma? Do you know what to do or how to approach an individual who has been impacted by someone close to them who has completed a suicide? What many people do not know is that suicide impacts over 800,000 people worldwide every year. Well, now until February 15th, 2022, I, Denise Lee, the host of the Real Talk 238 podcast, will be conducting a free training for those who are ministers or the spouse of a minister. This can include a pastor, a pastoral team, the church leadership, an evangelist, or a missionary. Topics that will be covered in this training is appropriate terminology to use, what the risks of suicide are, the facts versus the myths surrounding suicide, how to identify warning signs, how to identify the protective factors in relation to suicide, how to recognize compassion fatigue versus what burnout is, how our brains and bodies respond to trauma, how to recognize signs of either unhealed trauma or an individual who has not disclosed they've had a trauma history, appropriate questions to ask in cases of either trauma or suicide, necessary steps to take when someone has suicidal thoughts, has a history of trauma, or is struggling with compassion fatigue, creating a mental health team in your congregation, steps to take after a suicide has been completed, and then aftercare for the individual whose family member, church member, or someone on their pastoral team has completed a suicide. This training will consist of four hours and going to cover both suicide awareness and prevention and trauma-informed care. And it can take place either virtually or in person. This training is part of a research project that is a requirement of the education specialist of the Clinical Mental Health Counseling Program that I am currently involved in and taking at Jacksonville State University. To participate in this training, you must be 18 years of age or older. You must be involved in ministry of some capacity, and that includes those who are licensed. It can also include those who are not licensed as ministers. They must also complete the required documents that go with this training and a two-month post-training follow-up interview. 
If you are interested in the free training for ministry, please send me an email at info, that's I-N-F-O, at liferecoverycounseling.com, stating you would like to sign up for the training for ministry on suicide awareness and prevention and trauma-informed care. You can also find the information on the Real Talk 238 podcast Facebook page. Now, let's get started with the next episode of the Real Talk 238 podcast. And here we go. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to come on today and just do a solo episode today. Last week, I was in Austin, Texas at the Apostolic Healthcare International Conference. And let me just say, that was the best conference for healthcare workers who are apostolic. I just left there so blessed. And not only that, I was able to speak Thursday morning on trauma-informed care. Usually for trauma-informed care, it's usually very research-based, but, you know, sometimes God has a way of changing things. This was more direct, more individual. So it was pretty exciting to get to do that. While I was away on my trip, I was thinking about something because, you know, I have this training on suicide awareness and prevention and trauma-informed care for those in ministry. And something happened recently on this trip somewhere between Austin and Birmingham. Today, I'm calling this episode A Tale of Two Churches because while I was away and out of town at this conference, I had visited two churches. Both churches really stood out to me for various reasons, but mainly because of I'm doing this training for those in ministry on suicide awareness and prevention and trauma-informed care. One thing, I'm just going to say Church A and Church B. It doesn't matter where they're located at. But when I went to Church A and I went and I will just say the facility was beautiful, had a beautiful facility. But when I walked through the door, not one single person greeted me. And again, this is not this is why I'm not naming where this church was located at. But not one single person greeted me. That was fine. But the facility was so big, honestly didn't know which direction I was going. Thankfully, I was with somebody that kind of could maneuver me through that direction. And then got into the sanctuary, sat down. And again, nobody from the church even came and said, hello, so glad to have you in service with us today. Nothing. And then the service felt really rushed because they only had an hour. So then the service was over. What I did feel was nice, but again, it felt very rushed. There were some other things I noticed about this church because, again, I'm thinking of suicide awareness and prevention. And I was thinking about particularly Church A and Church B as well about, you know, if somebody came into the church who was suicidal, what would that look like from that perspective? As the service was continuing, the pastor of this particular Church A got up and he made the statement and it, it really bothered me. Now, if this is his mindset, he says, if you don't get your need met, well, that is on you. And the reason why this bothered me is because I began thinking about the Good Samaritan, the parable in Luke chapter 10. And I was thinking about the Samaritan who came across the person who was beat up. He was robbed and he was stripped and wounded, pretty much left for dead. 
the priest came by, and because of Levitical law, biblical law back then, he was not allowed to touch him. And so he just went to the other side and went on. And then the Levite came by and looked on the guy, and he did what his leadership did. He went to the other side. But the third person that came along was the Samaritan or what's known as the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And when he found the wounded man, the man that was left for dead, he had compassion on him. Now, what is the difference between church pastor at church A and this situation of Good Samaritan? The difference is when you don't have compassion, you can easily say, that's on you. But in my Bible, it says that we're supposed to carry those who are wounded, help them. Some people just do not have the strength. Maybe they're ashamed. Maybe they're embarrassed to actually reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling. And that's where we as people in the church need to step up our game and reach out to those who are wounded and hurting. So I was thinking about that, this particular individual That was the pastor of this church. There was a lot of laughing and jokes. I don't know. Again, my mind goes back to this suicidal awareness and prevention. And if somebody is wounded, I don't think they're going to get a lot of jokes out of it. I personally didn't find a lot of it funny. But again, every church has their own personality. So the service ended. And again, nobody come up and said, hey, we're so glad to have you here today for an hour, 15 minutes, nobody said anything to me. And I'm again, I'm not complaining. And I'm saying this because I want you guys to see the difference and see why suicide awareness and prevention is so important. So I went out to the hallway. And again, I wouldn't have known my way out of there. No, thankfully, the person I was with, they kind of knew how to maneuver out of there. One thing I noticed was I was standing next to a door. Apparently, I was blocking it because the individual who had to get in that door just abruptly said, excuse me. So as I'm standing there waiting for the person I was with, a man finally came up and he greeted me. And I think the only reason why he did greet me is because of who I was with, because that man knew the person I was with. And again, this is not to shame anybody. So please stick with me because you'll see where I'm going with this. When the man greeted me, you could feel the warmth. There was true, genuine care there. And I was really thankful that they did have somebody in this entire church that, you know, had compassion. And so left there. And then later that day, I went to church beef. The very first thing, this is how different these two churches were. Let me back up a little bit. While I was in that church, nobody in that church knew that I had a podcast until this man. Nobody in that church knew I'm doing a training for suicide awareness and prevention. And I imagine if that man is listening, well, he knows now. But nobody knew that. And in my mind, I kept thinking, if I was a guest speaker at this church, would I be treated differently? If anybody at that church, other than those who I was with, knew what I was doing as far as training goes for those in ministry, would I have been treated differently? That question came up in my mind as well. Later that day, headed over to Church B. At Church B, I didn't even know if I was at the right place, so I pulled in, and a vehicle pulled in the parking spot next to me, and I rolled down my window, and I said, hey, is this such and such 
church be? The people smiled and they were very, you could feel the warm and caringness. They were excited. And I was like, thank you. Went to the door. There was an usher there. He introduced himself to me. We're so glad to have you here. And I said, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Went inside, went to the restroom so I could wash my hands. A young lady came into the restroom and she immediately started talking to me. Very friendly. She was asking about me being there or what have you. She said she was glad to have me. She was very genuine. There wasn't no faking this. It was very genuine. So I went in to the service and they hadn't really started yet. People were praying. You know, sometimes that's what churches do. They pray. So I went into the service and I sat down and I lost count how many people came up to me and said, hey, my name is so-and-so. I'm so glad you're at my church. I'm so glad you came to visit. And I was so touched by that. The pastor got up and he was being a pastor to the members of the church for some stuff going on. Never once did I feel like he was beating them over the head. He was pastoring out of love and concern. And it was very genuine. I'm a guest there. And being that I'm a therapist, I also pick up on a lot of different stuff in body language. And I could tell he was very heavy in heart as he was addressing what he needed to address. He was pastoring them in love. And I'll tell you, I was just so impressed because he handled things so appropriately. Even for a guest being there, he handled things so appropriately. Then they got into worship and just a beautiful service. I was so, so glad to be there. And yes, it was very, very different than Church A, but the huge difference there, and again, I went back to my same question I had earlier from Church A. If I was a visitor, if I was a special speaker at Church B, would they had treated me any different or the same? And if those in Church B knew that I was doing a a training on suicide awareness and prevention, would that had changed the direction, how they approached me or how they introduced themselves to me. Both Church A and Church B, majority of the people did not know I was coming. Now in Church B, the pastor did know I was coming because I had reached out to the pastor's wife and asked if they had church at a certain time. The more I thought about suicide awareness and prevention and thinking about the Good Samaritan and reaching out to this individual who was wounded and hurting, the Good Samaritan even picked up the individual and put him on his own beast of burden and took him into an inn to make sure he was cared for. He didn't just leave him to his own devices. And this was the conclusion I came up with for both Church A and Church B. If someone was feeling suicidal, and I'm saying this because I've done a lot of research in this area, I've done a lot of training, which is why I'm doing this training for those in ministry. But if somebody came into Church A who was suicidal, felt hopeless, probably felt some shame and some disgust and hurt, and maybe didn't know who to turn to because maybe there was no trust there, I'm almost certain that If the person left Church A, they would have completed suicide by the time it was over with. And you take Church B, if that same individual walked into Church B, really felt what I felt, I think that would have gave this person hope for another day, hope to make it. That is what we need. We need to be like Church B. We need, if there is 
a stranger that comes in. You don't know what they're going through. You have no idea. Maybe their whole world may be falling apart. I'm sorry. It is just not kosher to be telling visitors that if they don't get what they need, then it's on them. No, that is the church's responsibility to make sure that our that visitors are well taken care of. And when I say well taken care of, I'm talking about greeting them, going up. It's not just the greeter's job to introduce yourself. Everybody who's a member of a church needs to go up and say, hey, my name is Denise. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you have joined us for service. Shouldn't be like Church A where just because somebody comes in, a visitor, and they maybe they don't look, you know, maybe they look different. Maybe they don't dress like you do in your church. Whatever the case, you have no idea. Because just like in Luke chapter 10, it was the Good Samaritan who reached out and poured oil into the wounds of the injured man, and he carried him on his beast of burden and took him to an inn. The Good Samaritan didn't tell the injured man, well, if you don't get what you need, that's on you. If anybody does that, shame on you. Because that's not the will of God, and that is not God's plan. Jesus said he came to seek and to save those who are lost and hurting. Well, how can we help those who are lost and hurting if we don't reach out? Where Church A was concerned, I was just, I think I was really shocked that a church congregation would treat a visitor this way. But I can tell you what, Church B, oh my goodness. Now I'm partial to my home church. And I know how my home church treats people when they come through the door visitors. And let me tell you, Church B stood up to the test of what my home church does. And I reached out to the pastor's wife, the same one. I said, hey, do you guys have service? And I told her that her and her husband should be godly proud of the members of their church. Because me, just a stranger, I've never been there before. And how they made me feel. And I'm just looking to make sure I go to service. And they made me feel, I felt so loved and cared for. It sure made up for what didn't happen in church A. Why is this important when it comes to suicide awareness and prevention? You have no idea what people are going through. In this day and age, you know, it's pretty... It gets pretty tough, pandemic. There's so much isolation. And if somebody comes into a church service and they're not greeted, how much more isolating do you think that is? It's a lot more. And if this episode offends you, you know, I can't apologize for that. Maybe it needs to be offensive so there can be change. Because my whole goal in life is to help those who are hurting. That is where I feel called at. That's why I am a therapist. That's why I am doing this training on suicide awareness and prevention and trauma-informed care for those in ministry. So things like that happened at Church A, I'm hoping I can change the trajectory and the direction of that because we need more Church Bs out there. Anyway, that is my soapbox for today. You know, I hope that if you are a pastor, a pastor's wife, or a minister, minister's wife, please teach your people how to greet visitors. And yes, Church A did have greeters, but not one single one said, hey, glad to have you here. And this isn't a one-time incident because the individual I was with told me that when they first came, it was the same exact thing. 
That's just my thoughts. We need more Church B out there. We need more churches like Church B. Because if somebody comes in and feels more isolated than before they walk through that door, shame on that church. God did not call us to isolate people, but he called us to help people. Even the attorney in Luke said, who is my neighbor? It's the one who we come into contact with day in and day out. Our neighbor is the one who we meet at the grocery store, maybe both shopping in the produce section. Our neighbor is the person who is maybe getting gas at the same time, filling up their car as maybe you or I. Our neighbor is the person at the checkout who may be so frustrated. What are you doing to help that person? Just those small act of kindness can make a world of difference. And I'm hoping that through this episode that there can be a new direction. No, I can't solve the problems of all the world. I'm not God. But my goodness, if we can make it better for those who have been hurt, how much more can God do? If we can put in our little bit of uh, acts of kindness How much more could God do with that? And again, you never know what the person is dealing with that comes through your door, through your church door, or maybe you work, I don't know, maybe you work in a public setting like a bank or restaurant or grocery store. Maybe that customer has had a really rough day. They may have found out that they've got a diagnosis of cancer, or maybe they just lost someone due to COVID. They may have lost their home. You just never know. So if we can show just a little bit more kindness in the very place people would expect it, oh my goodness, how much better would the world be? Until next time, everybody, spread a little kindness. Be a little more caring. If you have a visitor come to your church, be like Church B. Don't be like Church A. And show the love of God that God has given you, you who did not deserve his love, but he loved you. Show that same kindness to the visitor who has walked through the door, because you just never know. Have a blessed and wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Real Talk 238 podcast for this week's episode. If you have enjoyed this episode of the Real Talk 238 podcast, please subscribe so you will be notified when new episodes are released. If you would like to leave a comment, or there is a topic you would like discussed on the Real Talk 238 podcast, you can drop an email at therealtalk238 at gmail.com. You can also find the Real Talk 238 podcast on Facebook and Instagram listed as at the Real Talk 238. As a reminder, the Real Talk 238 podcast is not a substitute, nor does it replace therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or a qualified licensed mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health disorder. Until next time, have a blessed day.